to a Hope 103.2 podcast. The book of James is packed with practical insight into everyday life. Although this New Testament letter was penned in the first century by James, the brother of Jesus, it's as relevant today as ever. And today's passage is a good example. We're up to chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Well, this paragraph is the first of a three-part sermonette addressing three different groups in James's day. The upwardly mobile merchants, here in chapter 4, 13 to 17. The oppressively rich, in the first part of chapter 5. And then the faithful oppressed, in the second half of chapter 5. No one will have missed the people James is referring to when he wrote, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. These are the merchants. And in the first century, these guys were on the move. Of course, merchants had been around for centuries, but with the phenomenal success of the Roman Empire, first century merchants were riding an unprecedented wave of wealth, materialism and decadence. These guys were as desperate for the dollar, or denarius as the case was, as anything we see today. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with the entrepreneurial spirit. The famous woman of Proverbs 31 is actually praised for her business sense. I encourage you to read that, Proverbs 31, verses 13 to 24. The problem is, merchants, particularly the really successful ones, were prone to arrogance. They were moving up the social scale, waving smugly at those they passed by. You can almost hear them in the marketplaces and at the banquets. Oh yes, I have a shipment of spices arriving from Egypt tomorrow. I'll be taking them down to Ephesus on Tuesday before heading to Rome for trade negotiations with some well-to-do households. To all this, James responds in his familiar style. You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. James is right, isn't he? The precious stock could be shipwrecked on the way from Egypt, the merchandise could be raided on the way to Ephesus, and the households of Rome could find a cheaper price from some other merchant. Our lives, even the successful ones, are simply missed, appearing and disappearing without a trace. Because of all this, believers should think and act as those who live under the rule of God, not under the reign of money. We should say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. That's what James says there in verse 15. This is not some legalistic requirement or superstitious habit. It's actually just a healthy safeguard against the boasting so often associated with the upwardly mobile. The person who knows they live under the banner God willing, and yet doesn't behave like it. Sins, says James in verse 17. 
Well, merchants were the aspirational class of ancient times. They were those who longed for more wealth and made plans to achieve it. Aspiration for wealth appears to be the default outlook today. Employers urge us to climb the company ladder, often simply to extract our productivity. Advertisers constantly bombard us with the comforts we really need. And our own hearts cry out for just a little more status, just a little more travel, just a little more money. Aspirations like these aren't inherently wrong, but they are very frequently accompanied by a kind of arrogance that is wrong. James urges us to live under the banner if it is the Lord's will. All of my sleeping, waking, earning and breathing comes from God's hand. James's point is that we should think, act and talk like we really know that. To this end, let me really recommend that all of us think about reinstating the habit James urges us to do in chapter 4, verse 15. When talking about our holidays, our business transactions, our employment opportunities, or any other hoped-for achievement, why not add the qualification, God willing? It's only a small thing, I know, and of course it has to reflect an underlying attitude But even this small token provides a reminder both to you and those around you that everything is in God's hands and that you live under his rule, not the rule of the dollar. Well, Mike Baird is a friend of mine and until recently going into politics, he was the head of corporate and institutional banking for HSBC Bank. Having risen to this position at the relatively young age of 37, Mike has spent a lot of his time thinking about the intersection of his faith, money and work. I asked him to reflect for us on the importance of knowing that all of life is contingent upon the will of the Lord. Here's what Mike said. In a marketplace context, the big temptation is to start believing your own press in terms of individual success individual rewards, and developing a real reliance on yourself, in many respects that can be a real denigration of the spiritual life. The big temptation is to start thinking that it is you who is in control day to day, rather than God guiding and directing and interacting with what you're doing. Outcomes of financial security, being upwardly mobile, making sure we get the next promotion, the next corner office, the next big transaction and the glory that comes with it, that gives a security of self that is very much world-based. But if our security is with God and wanting to know and love Him more, then those outcomes are ancillary events. They don't make us who we are. We need to rely on God. Well, they're the wise words of Mike Baird, a successful banker and now politician. I think James, the brother of Jesus, would say a hearty amen to all of that. Let me close by offering a prayer that comes from the centuries-old Book of Common Prayer. Heavenly Father, in you I live and move and have my being. Guide and govern me by your Holy Spirit, so that in all the cares and occupations of life, I will never forget you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hope 1032. Thanks for listening.